Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host. Joe Prano coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host on this Dream Team edition of the Dirty Sports Podcast, Mr. Tug Coker. Hello, Joe. This is our first time doing this. This is crazy. This is uh, heavily requested. Been heavily requested. It is very Olajuwon, Samson, maybe a little Robinson Duncan. Yeah. Yeah, Robinson Duncan is a, it has a nice feel to it. Yeah, so uh, it's what people want. You kept saying Dream Team, and a lot of people have referred to the show when you're on with Andy and I as the Dream Team. Yeah. But that's more of an all-star game. The true Dream Team is uh, Andy is Isaiah Thomas. That's right. And we have iced him off the Dream <laughs> that's Team. That's right. <laughs> and now it's, the, it's all the same players that participate in an all-star game, except without one guy who we have all decided does not belong, and it's not a dream if he is there. I was texting Ruther so hard, being like, yeah, take some time off. Yeah. Take a few extra days in Cincinnati. Yeah. You know, Sit back in Cincinnati, yeah. turn your brain off, Get enjoy the, the quality of life. Exactly. Watch your dad mow the lawn again. Again for the third time. <laughs> and uh, let Joe and I take the reins. Now, without Ruther here, things are going to go a little bit differently. I'm so, excited. So I- let's jump right into it. Let's talk NHL playoffs. Yes! Let's talk playoff hockey. This is what the people want. I've been saying we should talk hockey for years. Ruther, by the way, just ran through a wall in Cincinnati. (laughs) (laughs) And his dad has already begun patching that wall. Watch that head. Uh, I've wanted to talk hockey for years. Always vetoed by Andy Ruther. Um, I will make one criticism of the NHL, and and I've criticized the NHL for this before. As far as the... Leagues go from a media standpoint and from a broadcast. Like they are an antiquated league. I had to last year. I tried to watch it. I they were they were asking me to tune into the golf channel. Um, this year, uh, game seven, Blues and Stars. Stars. It goes into overtime. I like to like. I know you do. I I consider myself to be a fan of sport. Correct. So you know maybe I don't care all that much about horse racing. I'll watch the Derby. Correct. If I'm watching, and by the way, basket NBA playoffs were on. Mets Padres was on. I was watching two games simultaneously on my tablet and on my TV, and I was like, you know what? It's overtime playoff hockey. I'm gonna put on this game. Game seven. I go to NBC Sports app. They're telling me it's on the NBC Sports network. I go to the NBC Sports app. It is unavailable to watch. They're telling me that I can watch. I believe it was the Celtics game or the or the game that was or the. Portland Nuggets game. They were telling me I could watch that later on their app. After it ends, I can watch a replay. Oh, the delay. But I can't nice. watch their league that they have a deal with live. And I was like, well, NHL, you missed your window. I had a moment where I was ready to watch hockey. I go to your app. I've I've got all kinds of the passwords to go. You know, I have the, the paid version of your app. Nothing. Buy hockey. It was by so, forever. So you, so you didn't watch it. So I didn't watch Double it. Double OT game. I tried. I tried. And then everybody, uh, shout out to Kyle Aronofsky who sent me the Reddit thread. I'll never watch a game on Reddit. I don't, I, 
I'm not a Reddit person. It's also news to me that you can watch these things for free on Reddit. Like, yeah. I, I don't go. I, thought, I always thought Reddit was some subculture. I didn't. I didn't want to be a part of. Yeah, it was, and like, I the remember dark watching like the fraudulent like internet sports back in the day. Like before, I had access to all the apps. It's a lot of xing out of pop up ads. Oh, a yeah. lot of like grainy picture. So constant the pop up ads. Yeah. So I uh, so I didn't watch it, but I know that you are. Uh, a man of sport. So big you, you, hockey fan, big Joe. Hockey, yeah. Really big hockey fan. I got a text from a couple of my buddies who are like big into sports, and they're like, "Good game going right now in in, uh, in hockey." And uh, the, the the two things that I well the, the one thing I learned, and I told you this off air, is that in the St. Louis Stars game, there were two St. Louis natives playing in the game. Ben Bishop, who was the goalie for the Stars. And the the guy who, who apparently was playing a fantastic game. They, I, a lot of the tweets I saw were that this that this was the big letdown that he he deserved he willed them to victory but that they did not win. Yeah, they were they were um they were two x shots against. So they were, they were getting a barrage. The, the the Blues are barraging them. And I forget the guy who scored the final goal, but he is a St. Louis native as well. So there's two St. Louis natives battling in St. Louis. In a game seven, and what I learned is that this maybe at the start of this year, or at least at the end of January, St. Louis was the worst team in the Western Conference. What coming, a turnaround! Coming into the oh, like at some point during the year, in totem, the worst team wow. in the Western Conference in January. What a run! That's some '69 Mets shit right there. It really is. You know who's on that team? Tug McGraw, my namesake, namesake. right there. <laughs> um, you got to believe, guys. So now we have uh, Blues, Sharks. That's right. Up in uh, up in San Jose, they won last night. They beat the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, and that's um, and that was and everyone. There's there's some controversy, guys. People care about hockey. We'll move, and we'll move on. I know Andy wants to hear more about this, so maybe we'll slow it down. Um, apparently, there was a controversial goal that was disallowed for the Abs. End up losing by one. Apparently, it's like some sort of offsides call. There was a foot on the ice when there shouldn't have been. Okay. Even though it was away from the action. But they lost, they lost, so a potential game tying goal. It was but, early on. I think it was pretty early yeah. on in the game. So, but uh, you know, a good one in the the East is Canes, and the and the Bruins go tonight. So Hurricanes Bruins. That's the that's correct. Okay, that's correct. So we know a lot. Do you have uh, do you have rooting interest? In Not this? really. No, I can't. Anybody say. but Boston. Well, you're kind of a Boston. I, you know, guy. yeah, I, I I like the Boston team. When the, the one thing about hockey is uh, playoffs, and we saw it this year. Is it? It feels like more than any other league, maybe baseball, where top teams are easy to easier to knock off. Like the, the you know, you, you saw the Lightning have like a, this historic uh, regular season. I, I like I love that we're talking ho- hockey because I'll say things and you I'm just, like, just this, I might fuck it up. But like, yeah. I think those teams that were then like the the Lightning had the best record in all of hockey and they were swept in the first round. That's right. And then they and then I believe they were swept by the Islanders. Is that correct? That's right. And then the Islanders maybe the Blue Jackets swept whoever whoever yeah. was uh sweeping in the first round got swept out of the second round. Yeah, and so uh, hockey's all over the place. And then the Capitals were a surging team, obviously Stanley Cup champs losing a game 7 against the Canes. Canes are here now in the finals. I mean, I don't I'm I'm always interested to see. And you bring up a good point because uh like like NBC has the Premier League too, and this final Sunday is the Premier League for for English Premier League in football or soccer. And they have every channel in the NBC covering it. Like, yeah. sci-fi has, you know, West Ham United and yeah. whatever. But 
it is hard to find hockey because sometimes you'll be like they'll be on CNBC. So I have no idea. Yeah, it said NBC, NBC Sports Network. Yeah. I was like, I have the NBC Sports app. I don't just have the NBC app. I've got the sports app. Yeah, I'm dialed in. What the fuck is the problem here? So, so who, who? I guess my my point is, who is NBC going to be rooting for? I guess it's got to be it's got to be Sharks be and sh- Bruins, right? Sharks, they can't be Bruins? they can't be right. rooting for. I would imagine it's yeah. definitely Boston. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I'm going to go with anybody but Boston. And then a small rooting interest for reasons I can't state at the moment in the St. Louis Blues. So go Blues. I'm, I'm into the Blues, too, just because of the story. of There's an actual native from St. Louis playing on their team who took, a, to, took less money to go somewhere else to stay home. Uh, so let's, let's go for it. And they also lost me. I bet on the, I bet on the <laughs> Blues last year when I was betting on hockey. My biggest bet of my life, $5,000. <laughs> On, on a single hockey a game. Single hockey game. With a with a spread. There just, was like a, just to win. Regular season game. St. Louis to beat the New York Rangers. And the Rangers won that game and I lost five thousand dollars. And you know nothing about hockey. I, I don't know anything. I was a hundred percent following some guy. And the year before he he had made me decent money. And the, the, the next year I gave it all back, including a five thousand dollar <laughs> bet on the St. Louis Blues. So I should hate them, but you know, I can't quit them. Yeah. <laughs> can't quit the St. Louis Blues. It's, it's, that's the Blues, right? It really like, is. It's like, man, the Blues get me down, what's but that, I can't stop listening. What's that Elton John song? I guess that's why they call it the Blues. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. They should play that, but they actually play, they don't play that song after. Have you seen this, that they play Gloria? They play Gloria. What, what is that? What is that about? See, I was reading about this. You did research. And, and was talking to somebody, but I was talking to a St. Louis Blues fan about native? this. And, uh, and I thought it was... Here's how little I know. I thought it was Van Morrison's Gloria, and I was like, I'm in no disco Gloria. That's right. And it was like Laura Branigan, and I was like, what the fuck is that about? Is she a St. Louis native? I mean, do we yeah, know? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, who? The, Laura Branigan? Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, some, it was like, it's like something that started in a bar. It's, it's just like we were talking about how I blamed myself for the Mets loss yesterday because the first time I got up. The Padres hit a home run to go ahead and yeah. win the game. Follow his Instagram story some, at Joe Prano for yeah. that information, guys. Some, catch up. Some blues fan in a bar plays Gloria, and they win the game, or they come back to win, or it's a celebration of the win. And then he just goes, keep playing. Like, literally put it on repeat. Fed the jukebox to play it on repeat. And now it has become... That's incredible. Like the team song. You know what? The team anthem. I don't need Wikipedia. Every, by the way, every hockey fan is like... Everything we've said has been wrong. 100%. And they're like, no, we're yeah. going to. Don't blow your brains out, guys. We're going to move on. They want us to talk hockey. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. We didn't say we were going to talk it factually. The Canes are the one team. They're, they're pretty polarizing in, in one respect. They they started this giant celebration this year. Yeah. They do with, the post When they were winning. Yeah, the post-game celebration. So interested to see if that brought on. They were on called some, a bunch of jerks. Brought on some fans or, or, yeah. or, or some enemies. But um, should be exciting. And playoff hockey, even if I don't know anything. When you get to the OT situation, you're always pretty. It's it becomes pretty. Uh, well, awesome we'll be to watch. we'll both be watching going forward if I can find it on some sort of. I think I've got to get rabbit ears. Well, Liam McHugh or whoever the uh, intermission host at NBC, please tweet us and tell us yeah. how we can get on the how NBC do I watch Sports hockey? app. And if you say yeah. fucking Reddit, if you say Reddit, <laughs> say Reddit again. <laughs> Reddit was my safe word for for many years, but now it's not. So we have to go. Into what we're here to do. We have to talk some NBA basketball. This is like- Guys and gals, are we pumped up right now about the NBA? I feel like the NBA is having a week. 
It's, it's incredible. It's I, I said that this second round was going to be fantastic. It's been fantastic. Ruther's not here. Two guys have actually played organized basketball, right. taking over the show. Uh, what series do you want to start with? I mean, do we, I guess we have to start with the only one that's over and done with. Yeah, let's let's get let's let's put a moratorium on the Celtics for this year. And I got I got to be honest, I am a Celtics fan. You know, and everyone knows my diaspora of teams. I am a Celtics fan. I had a lot of trouble watching this Celtics, San Luis Blues. That's right, the Blues, Celtics, <laughs> Cowboys, Cowboys, uh, Michigan, Virginia Detroit Tigers, Tigers kind of, but also, also the Red, Red Sox. Sox. Um, I'm looking for an MLS team, guys. I am available, so pitch me on seems that. Like, seems like the Sounders. Well, I'm probably. also a big Atlanta guy because they're the champs, okay, right? I love I love winners. Atlanta so, soccer, is yeah, the, they're the champions of the MLS. Yes, they are. Wow, that's, that's right. Uh, what is Atlanta's team? <laughs> like I feel like it's like the vibe, <laughs> like the Atlanta oh, vibes man. with a Z. I'm gonna I'm gonna have this information before the end of the episode, guys. If we had YouTube right now, yeah, we don't have Andy. Nope, damn it, Andy. We don't have twerks with wolves. Uh, We're just two tall men with great hair. Just two guys. Smart studio. Yeah, I'm so, a couple cocktails. Uh, I mean, I'd like to start by saying I was right. You were wrong. Not you, personally. Yeah, the royal people. you that's listening. All of you were wrong. I was right. All of you were wrong. Nanny nanny poo poo. I don't know why you don't listen to me. Have I ever been wrong? Do I? It, will that day come where, where I will be proven wrong it, when it comes to NBA basketball? Kyrie Irving, the, the Celtics, factually, are better without Kyrie Irving. That's... Not even an argument at this point. I can't believe people are still arguing with me over it. But I had a bonanza last night. I don't know if you saw. I was on Twitter just retweeting. I did see they, that. They say, uh, a Prano never forgets. Uh, I, I literally like was like, I think I remember some of these at names. And just like put in the guest a couple at names. Found all the hate. Of you scrolled. So let's rewind this. Because this sort of like re- revenge best served cold. Has to have some methodology behind it. So you you did not uh, snapshot these these tweets. No. So what I did is I what I what I did in my head is I said there's two or three tweets I can remember writing that drew angry Kyrie Kyrie responses. The big one was um, I'm a Knicks fan and I don't want Kyrie. Um, go ahead and at me, but just know I know way more about basketball than you. To which hundreds of people were like, first of all, you don't know more about basketball than me. Kyrie's a point god. And like this whole thing. So I had that one. I also had one that was a, uh, when the when the rumors first started coming out of Durant and Kyrie wanted to play together, like right around All-Star time when there was a lot of conversations, videos of them having conversations in the All-Star tunnels and stuff like that. Uh, I took a picture, I took a uh, photo of Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook on the Thunder, and I said, Durant and a uh, shot-heavy, ball-hogging point guard uh, on the same team, what could go wrong? And uh, to that, a lot of people told me, you're an idiot, Kyrie's so much better than Russell, uh, you know, Kyrie's the point guard, the whole, the whole thing. There's Ky- there are Kyrie truthers out there. And I don't know where they came from. That's a great point because I, you know, as a person who's trying to fall in love with Kyrie the past two years, I, I'm interested to know who who are these people that that ride or die with Kyrie. Like, what what is it about? Them? Yeah, I mean, they're like we know they're not Cavs people, right? Yeah. They're not people that fell in love with him on the Cavs. I honestly, I do think that there's it's some portion of the 
the basketball, and I don't want to say watching population because a, a lot of times I think that these people are they they get their basketball news through Twitter, not through watching basketball. But it is, I think it is a little bit of the LeBron James haters, the people that want to say Kyrie saved LeBron with that shot. The, these people that don't watch enough to know that the game was tied when he hit that that game winner against right, the right. Warriors, that there was no saving whatsoever, right. and that LeBron James led that entire. Uh, finals in every major statistical category, but somehow Kyrie was the savior in this fantasy situation that these people have. So I think it is a lot of LeBron haters. I think it's a lot of Knicks fans, which yeah. is wild to me yep. as a Knicks fan. Exactly. Um, because, and and this is the sad part for me, I think Kyrie will end up a Nick now. It's just, this is what the Knicks do. The I Knicks, saw the odds that like, I thought I saw the Nets actually had the, the, the best uh, odds. The best odds. Great. Hope well, they get them. Well, to me, that's like the, the Nets are actually in, in, are moving in such a positive direction. I feel like yeah. it sounds weird to say we don't want Kyrie, but I feel like they they should not go for Kyrie. I just, but if you look at this, Celtics how are D'Angelo and Kyrie going to play together? I don't know. I just so, well, I think it would be that D'Angelo would not play there. Yeah, that's and, true. And and to me, it's like, is that? An, uh, I think it is. Sort of an upgrade. It's it's certainly an upgrade in talent, but the, the 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 just like it's an upgrade in talent of Kyrie over Terry Rozier, but it's not a an upgrade in culture. It's not an Correct. upgrade in chemistry. Correct. It's not an upgrade in leadership. It's not an upgrade in value. That was right. one of the tweets I retweeted to somebody saying I would rather pay, I'd rather pay Kyrie thirty million than re-sign Terry Rozier next year for five. And it's like, well, you just don't understand how math works. Like, look at what they bring in a efficiency, in a scoring, in an assist, in a plus-minus. He's not six times more valuable than Terry Rozier. He's not. And also the argument that this Bucks team is worlds better than the Celtics and the Celtics never had a chance. What did this Bucks team do last year, from last year to this year versus what this Celtics team supposedly added? Like, they added Brooke Lopez and they added George Hill. You got... Gordon Hayward back, and you got Kyrie back. You guys are supposed to have upgraded your talent far, far more than the Bucks did, and the Bucks ran a train on you. I mean, I you know, I I agree, I agree on all counts. I mean, the thing that's tough for me to watch as a Celtics fan, I, Kyrie to me, I, you know, like my problem is I agree with you. I think he's an amazing player, amazing one-on-one player, great skill set, but there's truth in the fact that he's like. They showed us from very early on what kind of team we were playing with. Because even in the pre, we we they, we lost a bunch. Of, well, we the Celtics lost a bunch of preseason games. Yeah, like they they were telling us from very on. There's a lot of dysfunction here. We're not figuring it out. Like, you know, not to not to get on the Kobe guys, but 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 Tatum went out there and went and practiced with Kobe. Right. You know, in the off season, this isn't the, necessarily the, the the mentality of like team first that the Celtics are trying to create. Kyrie to come in. Tatum takes kind of a step back. People realize that Jalen Brown played better than they think, but he's not great. You know, he didn't play like. But also Brown and Rozier, like you got to you you're you're kidding yourself if you're not saying that what they did last year wasn't them playing above what they are. It's that they were given an opportunity to shine without Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving, and yeah. and those guys played great. Yep. And stepped it up, and it's like everybody will tell you every measurable, every talent evaluator in the history of the sport of football 
will tell you on paper, Drew Bledsoe is way better than Tom Brady. He's bigger. He's taller. He's got a stronger arm. He's better in college. He was on his way to the Hall of Fame. And then he cracked his sternum. And now we're talking about Tom Brady potentially being the greatest football player in the history of the sport. These are like, sometimes it's not about what, how talented you are and how fantastic, you know, you look on paper. It's that when you get in that moment, what do you do? Both of those guys last year raised their games. Brad Stevens was being called a genius because he went to, you know, game seven of the Eastern Conference finals and just barely uh, let LeBron and the Cavs go to the finals with that group of guys. And then you get Kyrie Irving back. They got embarrassed. And Kyrie had a stretch of four games that are his worst four games consecutively in the history of his career. Shot terribly. I mean, it's, it's everyone's in the media saying it, and I agree. Like, looked disinterested. Def, you know, defense suffered. He wasn't a great defensive player to begin with. But And I, I, I agree with you. Like, Terry didn't play this well. And I feel bad for Terry because it's contract year for him. Yeah. And now he's going off. Could, could, he's, he's he's screaming in social media. He's is he going off? Yeah, right he's now? he's you know he's saying no one worked harder than me. No one put more laid more out there. No one put their body through worse. Fans fell in love with Scary Terry last year, and you just need room to grow when you're when you're these you know these young guys. Kyrie, the fact that Kyrie called these guys young, these young players or only young guys, like that to me is like the most telltale sign. Like he never felt like he was he, he was like trying to be one with these guys. I don't know why he thought like he was. I just because, because he played with LeBron James? Yeah. Like, would Matthew Dellavedova be able to come to the Celtics and say that? Well, some of, would, some of this would, mythology... Would, would Jared Smith just be able to walk in the Celtics locker room and start talking about how championship teams... Like, motherfucker, you played with LeBron James. Yeah. You, you were as responsible for that championship as Richard Jefferson. Yeah. Truthfully, you had a couple big scoring games in the finals. Great. He fucking led everybody in everything. He was the greatest player in the world. And if there was ever a sign that anybody needed, and I can't believe that it didn't, that it took... The rest of the people, and some people still haven't, to come along. He walked away from the best player in the world a month after a finals appearance and a year and a month after a championship because he wanted his own team. That If that doesn't scream ego to you, you don't know what an ego is. The other, the other piece of mythology I think that people, that, that Kyrie buys into is that he got hurt the year before in the first game of the, of the, of the finals where he played really well. Yeah. And then they, they didn't play so well the rest of the season. So everyone thought like, oh, this team can't win without Kyrie. And so I think like that is kind of yeah, another thing. Th- that team couldn't beat the, you know, Warriors who are the best team in basketball without a second legitimate NBA player. People forget like everyone. I mean, I understand the idea of like wanting to be the guy. Like I think most people in entertainment, especially you and I, like all respond, you know, we understand like being, what being the guy, but like there's a special group of people and talent and there's no shame in being the number two. Like, you look at, you know, like the James Worthies of the world. You know this. You know, Scotty Pippen tried it. Was happy to, to kind of go back, but yeah. like, you, you you can. Everyone thinks James Worthy is unbelievable. You walk around L.A., everyone loves James Worthy. Yeah, it's, it's well, okay it's not to love. It's okay. Yeah, you know you you can keep winning and walk around town and people like will buy your your whole. I was I saw him at Whole Foods. We talked it up. Great dude. It's okay to be the number two. Yeah, and so. and you know. This leads to the question, and I do want to talk to, about the Bucks after this because that what they did was really impressive. But this begs the question that you know, uh, can Kyrie go somewhere else? Like he apologized to LeBron James at some point, which I yes. thought was very 
kind of a weak effort. Um, but like, you know, Knicks fans are now saying, well, but how do you not want Kyrie and Durant? It's like, well, I mean, I'd love Kevin Durant to be the best player in the New York Knicks and the clear one player, but you get Kyrie to come along with that. And now Kyrie's like, well, who's the best player on the Knicks? Is he one a, and I'm one B it's like, Kyrie was never one B on the Cavs. Yeah. Kyrie was never two on the Cavs. It was yeah. LeBron was one, two, and three. And then Kyrie was the four. And everybody else was the seven through 12 guys because they all were trash. But like this idea that Kyrie is going to now go join Kevin Durant and sort of be his Batman and Robin. Like the beauty of Kevin Durant is that he is able to do that with the Warriors, that there isn't a power struggle there. And he's gotten a little bit more aggressive with his own shot this year and sort of has to have to for them to be successful. But that was the beauty of Kevin Durant. He's like, I'm gonna go to the Warriors to win. I don't need to I don't need it to be my team. It's clearly Steph's team. He's two time, you know, MVP. Everybody loves Steph. I'm just gonna go there to win. And he's sort of taken the torch himself. But I think Kevin Durant, wherever he goes, is like, I'm here to be the guy. And the idea of pairing him with Kyrie Irving, to me, that's a debacle situation. I have no idea. I can't really speculate as, as strongly as you can. The one thing I think is interesting is that Kyrie went out and said this is the he said he learned a lot from the series because of the defense the Bucks were playing on on Kyrie and they were bodying up. And I, this is the first series. I mean, where where he didn't have he didn't play last year. Yeah, like LeBron attracts a lot of attention. When you're playing with them. Yeah. It's okay. LeBron's the You're going to get your shot. Yeah. He's the one. He's the ball handler. He's running the offense. Yeah. So when you're on the Celtics team where, for whatever reason, after game one, Gordon Hayward sort of disappears, there, there wasn't a lot of fear. The, the, the Celtics offense wasn't putting any fear in the Bucks' yeah. defense to move them around. You know, there wasn't... It's like, oh, Kyrie dribbles around three guys and makes a fucking acrobatic layup. Yeah. They they come down and they hit a three and you're losing three two and look at all the effort you put in to be down three two. I agree with that point. Yeah, you mentioned that point the other day. On uh, I was listening to the podcast, but I, I got to say this before we move off the Celtics. I, I'm a big Brad Stevens guy. I love Brad Stevens. I, I'm a disappointed in Brad Stevens. I know that he said he, this is on him. Yeah, but this is the first. What, you're a leader in position to to take your team to whatever you know business whatever. Sometimes you got to make hard decisions. He, to me, I saw a little bit of like him allowing his identity as a coach being warped by the player. Yeah, that to me shows weakness in a way that I'm not really that excited about going forward. Where it's like, I mean, I think it you, is. How, how do you how do you become how do how do you show your the courage of your convictions by being like Kyrie? It's either my way or the highway. Like, I I think it's a it's just a player empowerment era of the league and the guys that are stars know that doesn't like unless you're Greg Popovich and that is the sort of the beauty of Greg Popovich too is he's yeah. never had a guy on his team that was bigger than his team and and he sort of happily moved on when Kawhi started going there as quiet and unassuming as Kawhi was just in his actions he was like all right we're kind of moving on from this because no one is bigger than you know I am the boss here and I mean, look at, I don't think at this point, I'm sure there are people, but I, for the most part, I don't think anybody can criticize what Mike D'Antoni's done as a coach in the NBA. And Carmelo comes back to the Knicks and, you know, it was Lynn Sanity when, yeah. when Carmelo returned yeah. and eight weeks later, Mike D'Antoni's resigning. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's, uh, 
you know, it's just the player, like the stars are going to draw so much more press. They're, every word that comes out of Kyrie or Kevin Durant or LeBron, all the, all everything that they say, do, or whatever is just going to be, is under such more of a microscope than anything Brad Stevens, sort of boring white basketball genius in a, you know, suit with no tie on is ever going to get. So, I mean, I agree with you. I think this is certainly on Brad Stevens a little bit. But when you look at what he did last year, I think he just, I almost think he needs a situation like that where it's like, hey, I don't, I'd rather just not have this guy. I think that's at right. all entirely. Yeah. Like, I'd rather he just left for nothing. We don't need to, we don't need to get a, a, a trade. We don't need to, you know, sign somebody. Like, just go. I agree. I think that's what's going to happen probably. They're not going to fight too hard for Kyrie. I mean, everyone agrees. Like, Danny Ainge says they're better with this, with Kyrie. But I am interested to see what happens with this team. I mean, you know, Rosie- I mean, Kyrie almost killed Danny Ainge. That's true. He had, like, a heart you know, yeah, he had a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's making dudes stroke out. Yeah. And they played so well in game one. That's the thing. Like, Gordon Hayward had, a, to, to me, like a, a bit of a renaissance at the end of the last series and into game one. Well, you know, and a buttonhole, Buttonholder is a good coach as well. Very and, good coach. And they had, a, uh, they had a game plan for how to attack the Greek freak. It worked. Caught him by surprise. Everybody was back on the Brad Stevens is a genius, you know, train. And then uh, they countered. Yeah, they, they, they figured out back. they they figured out how to how for Giannis to get his. And they do have a talented team, and it is very Dirk uh, Mavericks championship like, where they've surrounded one great player with a lot of shooters, a lot of vets, a lot of guys who know what they're doing, a couple young pieces. Um, do the Bucks? Here's here's the question I have for you, Tug. Yeah. Uh, do the Bucks have a legitimate title shot this year? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent legit title chance. Absolutely. Like that. Like doesn't matter if KD's healthy or the Rockets go. Like you give them a shot in a Bucks Warriors series. You go like they could win that series. I do. I, th- I think they could win that series. I don't think they'd be favored. Right. Um. But last thing I want to say about the Celtics, and this relates to the, to the Bucks. Celtics, I think, were the fifth. They shot the fifth fewest free throws to me, which is like a lot. Just so much settling in isolation and one on ones. Like and I, that translates to me the, to the Giannis situation. Like, like just he's just going to the rack, and that's like when I when I raise my kids, I want to I want them to shoot the three because that's the evolution of the game. But I want more Giannis and James Harden. Everyone, it's not necessarily the most fun to watch, but like it forces the referees to be act, to act, to be active. Absolutely, it's like I'll take twelve free shots a game, and you know, and, and like people, it, are, people are very critical of James Harden, and I want to talk about that when we get to that series. But like the like James Harden is not settling for threes. No, he's setting you up by going like I'm going to go by you, I'm going to go by you, and then you don't, you're not letting him go by you. I'm going to step back three. And if you and if you are kind of on your toes and you're going, you're not going to step back three. He will go by you, and he will floater, and he will get layups, and he will throw little the little baby lob when he gets into the lane. Like he's not just sitting out at three point line bombing. No, and and that's the beauty of the Bucks is they're getting a ton of ball movement on the perimeter from all the rest of the guys when Giannis drives and kicks or when people collapse on him. He gets it out to a guy, and then they move it to the next guy, and then they move it to the next, and they're getting... I mean, Middleton at one point was shooting 60% from three in 
the playoffs. It's a construct that, like, you wish that, you know, if you're a Lakers fan or a LeBron fan, you wish the, that Magic and Palenka would have put together for LeBron. It's like guys who can shoot, spread the floor, let, let Giannis. I mean, they, they, let, they let Brooke Lopez go. Yeah, they did, 100%. He can shoot a three, let Giannis go to work. You know, incredible Euro step, which is still... I, I still have try, I still have, I find myself rewinding the, the Euro step like six times a night trying to count steps. Like, yeah, can't, yeah. Like, brain still has trouble figuring it out. But like you, you know, guys that showed up in the, the Connaughton, great athlete. Yeah, you know, played well. Miritich, I think, is was, deceptively quick. Just, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Just crafty, you know. <laughs> coach's son. Um, <laughs> but uh, but Miritich is a guy that like I feel like is always just a solid player wherever yeah. wherever he is. It's a really good team. I mean, I, I'm interested to see the next level. I know you like when our, a couple weeks ago when I was on, you had the Bucks going and the Rockets, and I flip flopped you. I had the Warriors and the Raptors. Hopefully, the Raptors can get through. I'd love to see like a Kawhi, Giannis, you know, Eastern Conference yeah. Final. So that is uh, that's where we'll head next. And Sixers Raptors, uh, Raptors blow them out last game. Uh, what chance? And that that will be on basically right after we wrap this up. What chance do you give the Sixers in this series at this point? Do you think that that blowout? Do you think that's like sort of a a death blowout? It's hard to say. I mean, we looked at the lines earlier before, and the Raptors are favored tonight, minus two and a half, which means they are probably they were like eight point eight or nine point favorite. To me, that line feels like they're saying the Raptors are are going to win tonight. The yeah. Vegas says the Raptors are going to win tonight. I'd be surprised by that, but because um, I just think because I think the narrative of this series has been so interesting, right? The the the, the it's been like monumental s- shifts in social media from game to game yeah. in this series. Like Kyrie's un- Kyrie's unbelievable. The Sixers are stacked. Sixers are playing to their t- potential. Sixers collapse. Kyrie takes over. I mean, uh, Kawhi takes over. Like, yeah, it's been amazing to watch the, the level of hyperbole that goes on with these uh, in this in this particular. Uh, now, Andy tip. made the executive decision last uh, episode after I left. As he often does, he'll ask me for a title. But then uh, he went rogue last week, and he he made or last episode, and he made the title. Joel Embiid needs to be dumb man! Exclamation yeah. point. Um, I mean, I think like I agree with him, and we talked a lot about it. But like, let's talk about this Sixers team. Like whether they win tonight or they advance or not, like there are some issues with this Sixers team, and it starts with I think Joel Embiid's consistency from game to game, like healthy, not healthy. Just like sometimes he looks incredible, and sometimes he looks like uh, Brook Lopez, you know, where it's like, oh yeah, a nice little touch from the outside, he could be a nice piece on a team, yeah. and, and sometimes he looks like the best center in you know basketball. And then you've got Ben Simmons, who's Benjamin Buttoning. He's he's regressing as a player. They don't seem to know how to use his skill set anymore, at least come playoff time, because it's obviously defenses get tighter. The competition gets better. It's less loosey-goosey, run-and-gun, just like kind of figure it out in transition. Um do you think there was a moment where we said, oh, the starting five of the Sixers is the best starting five in basketball and the future is bright and trust the process. And now it's sort of like the two most important players that they have 
locked up for a while are big question marks in terms of can Embiid do it day in and day out? And what is Ben Simmons ceiling and who is he going to become? Because he's not any better, you know, like, like he was an all-star at, you know, midway through the season. And now he's like, he's not really contributing a whole lot. You guys actually, you got, you know, it's funny. I listened to the podcast, like I said, on, on Monday or Tuesday, and you guys are big Embiid. I don't want to say killers, but you guys are like, what, what, you know, show me consistency. And I'm surprised, I'm surprised you guys don't go all in on against Ben Simmons more than you guys do. Yeah. I'm really surprised by Ben Simmons because he's so, he is talented with the ball. And I, I, I like the regular season playoff thing. Because he can't shoot, but he also doesn't go to the rack. He right. doesn't go to the, to get the free points that we're talking about. Right. He's afraid to shoot free throws, which leaves him in some sort of weird no man's land. That I don't know how you honestly. What's what becomes the? I guess you just use. We can use you for energy. Yeah. To rebound and things and effort. I mean, you but, look at a guy. There have been effective guys. You know, Rondo. Um, yeah. Although, although there's certainly a ceiling on that type of play, and then. And this is this is what's sort of going to lead me into my next question mark about the Sixers. But Jason Kidd is a guy who was winning MVPs with not really a jump shot. Yeah, found a jump shot or set shot later in his yeah, career. Became a three point shooter became like, a three point shooter. Yeah, you know, obviously got his championship as a knockdown three point shooter yep. on that Mavs team. Yep. Do you? I, I. I mean, I think Brett Brown's over his head. I agree. Um, I think he's so he's a so-called like talent developer, but or a young, you know, a young player sort of like he's a he's. Just, I guess he's maybe just like a personality shaper. Like you know, you know what's like, funny you say that. I want to bring this up because I was thinking about this today. I feel like there's an inverse relationship to. I'm I'm completely making a joke, but the the level of personality a coach has to his talent as a coach. Right. Because he seems like a very charming, nice guy. Yeah. yeah. But all the all the coaches that are great in the NBA to me have and even Bill Belichick, like they don't have a personality. It's like I don't care about basketball. I'm not here to make yeah. anybody laugh. I'm not here to call anybody James Butler. Which is which is yeah. sort of like the uh which is sort of the Steve Kerr thing. It's like how good a coach is Steve Kerr. I, I was going he's a guy that sort of came to me as the anomaly in this yeah. idea. And I, I agree. I don't think we've seen it yet. And, and we'll Mike D'Antoni's got a personality, but he's kind of got like a very he's got like a very specific like he's just kind of grumpy. There's a level of he, orneriness about yeah, D'Antoni. Yeah. He's just like yeah. a he's just like a West Virginia yeah. fucking he always has this like this quizzical look on his face yeah. on the sideline. Like what? He's always like, what? I can't believe I have to watch. <laughs> yeah. Like he's like, I I just wish I was watching better basketball all around. Like I wish I could coach both of these teams and it would be better. Um, but, but Brett Brown reminds me of like high school coaches that are like that they've made it to like some top tier programs in high school that like because they're just charming and funny. Like, yeah, and uh, maybe even college coaches to a certain degree where it's like. I just I don't know what he can do. So I I tweeted this the other day just as a friendly reminder, as I am the world's biggest Mike D'Antoni advocate. I saw I, this tweet and I, I I'm excited uh, he, to bring it he up. He was a he was an what was his official title? I believe he was in a was he an assistant head? He was an associate head coach, an associate head coach under Brett Brown. Uh, this is four seasons ago now. Uh, it was it was the year before they and and they and. Everybody knew the whole year, essentially, that they were going to be bad. And everybody knew the whole year that they were going to draft Ben Simmons, who had not yet 
had an injury that was going to keep him out the first year of his career. But everybody knew that Ben Simmons was the guy. He's going to be the first overall pick and that he was going to go to the Sixers before they change the lottery because they're they're only winning 10 games this year. They're fucking terrible. They're trusting the process. And they made a decision after only winning 10 games to keep Brett Brown, let Mike D'Antoni go pursue head coaching jobs, draft some sort of one-of-a-kind point guard type of player, and then let Brett Brown mentor him instead of Mike D'Antoni, yeah. which to me, I and I'm glad, I, I actually lived in a great amount of fear as a Mike D'Antoni slurper and hater of the city of Philadelphia that they were going to see this obvious answer and go, we're just going to make Mike D'Antoni the head coach of the Sixers, to which I would have been like, I don't, I truly don't know what to do. I, I wouldn't have, I, I was yeah, like, do I abandon yeah. D'Antoni? Do I embrace Philadelphia basketball? Like, I'm glad it didn't happen, but that was there. That was on the table. When you look at Ben Simmons, do you think, like, this guy could be an all-star caliber player right now in these playoffs if he had a different coach? Like, if a Mike D'Antoni was the, the coach mm, of the That's a great Sixers? question. Because I do. That's interesting. That's a great question. I, it's so let's hypothetically put him on. Let's put him on someone else's team. Let's put him on. Want to put him on Houston or something like that? Sure. Let's see and see what. Uh, how does that team shape up? I mean, because it becomes all spread. Like, yeah, is that what you're saying? And that's a really good question. I, I'm, I'm not a. Who was the second guy that went out there? Was that was that the the Ingram went, went number two year? I'm trying to think of who went number uh, two. Yeah, who did go two behind Simmons? I don't remember. I'll, let me look that up. But um, and then they took Okafor the next year. One. That that's that's right. Or they Fultz like they had, they yeah. had, or no they took yeah. they took Fultz. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they just they just went. I mean, they they trusted the process for a while. The the only part of the process that they fully trusted till the end was Brett Brown. I'm, they started I'm, moving pieces. They got rid of the, they got rid of you know executives. They got rid of the GM. They they kept Brett Brown. That the 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 GM situation, the Elton Brand I think has actually done a pretty good job. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm I'm pretty impressed in with terms of get getting them talented pieces. To win right absolutely, now. absolutely. Yeah. So you know that was skeptical with that. I'm really interested to see what happens tonight. If if I mean, you got to imagine that Brett Brown's going to be gone if it doesn't doesn't happen this year. So that's why I brought him up before. You know he's sort of been laughed. At as a head coach, in his name now resurfacing for the Lakers job. But what about Jason Kidd to the Sixers as the Ben Simmons mentor? He could certainly go, hey man, here's how you learn to go from having no jump shot whatsoever to having a jump shot. Here's how you win an MVP without a jump shot. Here's how you win an MVP by, by being the fourth leading scorer on your team or the fifth leading. Like, was Jason Kidd a top five leading scorer on those Nets teams where he's winning the MVP? He's, he was scoring like 12 or 14 points a game, mostly on layups. That's a really good call. Because, and what's funny, though, we'll get to this. We'll get, we're teasing Jason Kidd because he's a part of this Lakers saga. Yeah. Um, but they, they talk about him having been good. One of the reasons they want him to add him to the assistant coach position for the Lakers was his ability to develop young talent. 
I can't say for sure that I've seen that. Like I, I was saying the other day, like I feel like Budenholzer or Budenholzer has blown up Jason Kidd's ability, like his coaching perception. But I also so, think like it, it, it's one of those things where everybody's sort of a uh, everybody gets judged on like what they were able to do, and then what somebody else does like after them. It's like, well, Budenholzer was the fucking Hawks coach. How'd that go? He was embarrassing at the end there. Like everybody said, oh, he's a great coach. He's a great coach. But like he, he was good for a fucking minute and then he was terrible and then he was gone. And Jason Kidd coached the Bucks and the Nets. When's the last time somebody was coaching the Nets? Like I think, I think Byron Smith won or uh, Byron Scott won coach of the year and then was run out and fucking, you know, uh, Lawrence Frank, like, I, I'm not sure Jason Kidd's a good coach, and I know a lot of people have criticized that he's a terrible coach. As as a pretty big NBA guy, I haven't seen proof that he's a terrible NBA coach. I think the the jury's out on if he's a an okay or a good one. I, I'd even say to this point though, and we'll get to it when we start talking the Lakers. But like the Ty Lue thing, like they were they were going to hire Ty Lue, and then they were going to have Jason Kidd be an assistant. I was like, why is Jason Kidd taking that job? I can't get enough of that story. Behind Ty Lue. But I'm saying if if the Sixers lose tonight and Brett Brown goes, I'm calling Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd's the closest we've had to Ben Simmons. It's a great – it's an interesting call because I'm not a Jason Kidd head coach believer, but I am interested to see because of the the idea of, like, listen, I can develop you the way I develop myself – I think that's probably the one place I'd be interested to see where where he could go. Now, will, will Jason Kidd? Apparently, he's known for sending a lot of messages through his media and handlers. So there's a lot of backs. Will that, how, the, how will Jimmy Butler be able to handle that relationship with Jason Kidd? That remains to be seen. But uh, so be- now the other question is: are, If you're the Sixers, are you 100 percent committed to figuring out how Ben Simmons works? Or are you moving, or or is there any potential to moving Ben Simmons to a team that thinks that they can make Ben Simmons work and getting a guy who you already know who can work and immediately adding him to Butler and Embiid and JJ Redick and and I think JJ Redick's probably a free agent, right? I think he signed a one year yeah, like, right. deal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they do have the luxury of like having Ellen Brand be like not a part of those drafts. And if they bring in a new coach, that they sort of have like a clean slate to a degree. But it'd be interesting to see what their egos like when they, um, when they, when they, if they were to give up on two overall number ones in the last four years. You know, if you trust the process, but you give up on faults and you give up on Ben Simmons. Yeah, uh, that's not I, that's not I, a great sign. To me, I'm I'm keeping Ben Simmons, and I'm I, I'm, I I'm trying to figure it out. Me too. And I do think it's I I, I do think he has a special kind of talent. You've got to learn to shoot a jump shot one way or the other. Or free, free throws. Come on. You should be able to go to the rack. You should be spinning a, shooting a thousand free throws and doing the Giannis and being like, you, either gotta, you just got to, like, uh, I don't care if you lean up five feet off me, I'm going to the rack. It, it's crazy, too, that he has, like, around, he has, like, great around the basket touch, but, like, can't shoot a free throw. Yeah. I agree. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like he just has to do like dexterity drills. Like he should be throwing tennis balls. <laughs> he should be throwing softballs. He should be shooting, you know, like he should be shooting 
all kinds of balls of different sizes into different size hoops. He should just like my my off season regimen for Ben Simmons would be playing like a lot of uh, trash can basketball with like rolled up balls of paper. Like just learn like distance and physics. <laughs> like it's true. I, I looked up. I looked up the draft uh, from 2016. Can I give you the lottery? Yeah. Of the 2016 NBA draft, Ben Simmons number one, Brandon Ingram number two, Jalen Brown number three. I would say all all picks, good picks. Yeah. You know, even though Andy's not a Brandon Ingram guy, you know, I think they're still. Even though Kyrie's not a Jalen Brown guy, is is that right? Yeah, he's not. He's one of the kids. One of the kids. Dragon Bender number four overall. To the Suns, Buddy Heald to the Pelicans, now with the Kings. Jamal Murray at seven, proved to be a nice prescient pick there. Uh, Jacob Poltel, Raptors. Thon Maker going ten, and then Demontis Sabonis. So not like the best draft. Like later yeah. on, you know, yeah. you know, it's kind of going to get who you got to get. Uh, early on, so it seemed like I mean, I, honestly, the top. I remember Jalen Brown being a reach for a lot of people, and who yeah. drafted three overall. I think he's that was a nice pick by Danny Ainge. Yeah, um, but those top three are probably the, the clear class of that of that draft, with with exception to Jamal Murray, who's as we might want to transition over to that. Yes, uh, that absolutely. game, you know, uh, Nuggets Portland. Um, does so? Well, first of all, Nuggets come out. And and blow them out last game, after a series it was just it's so close that we had that we had the quadruple overtime game. Uh, does this series go seven? Does Portland come back from the blowout and win at home? I I do. I think it goes seven. I don't think. I I, I suspect you agree. Like blowouts to me don't matter that much a lot of times in the NBA games. Like. People, it gets out of hand kind of early. I think Portland's like I think that they're they just have a better like collective head on their shoulders than say like this Sixers team. Like I think the Sixers getting blown out affects that series way more than the Blazers getting blown out. I agree. With and you. the same way, you know, the Celtics getting blown out like or half blowouts a couple like that was a snowball effect. They're like, oh, we lost by fifteen. Oh, we lost by twenty two. Oh, the fucking series over. Like you could see that that was affecting them. I, I think Portland, yeah, I, I think this goes seven, and uh, I think Portland wins at home, and uh, and it'll, and how exciting is that? We'll get a another super fun mile series. high game seven. You know, not like a lot of not not teams that you get a lot of attention nationally. So it's a lot. Of, you know, a lot of people are discovering Jokic for the first time, and and Jamal Murray. I mean, that people are, to get to watch that four overtime game was 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 really fun. I mean, the fact that you know a seven footer, probably not really seven feet, but Jokic to like play as many minutes as he played in that game is really really impressive um but there's no 40 hour work weeks where he grew up so he's probably working you know 90 90 to 100 hours a week it, it's you know, as, a, as a high school kid it's funny that this series has like the i feel like the blazers nuggets fans are beefing over like little elbows here and there and like rough boxes out and like an oh yeah, Enos the, yeah the Enos canter and shoulder and meanwhile yeah. like I feel like every basketball fan, every tr- NBA fan is like, isn't this series fun? Isn't it like kind of like we don't really care who wins? So like we ca- we can't wait to see who gets to play the Warriors or the Rockets in the Western Conference Finals. Like that's great that it's, that that finals that that Western Conference Finals isn't 
the Warriors, Rockets, like that somebody else is going to be in there. And meanwhile, like these two fan bases are like having twi- Twitter wars and like there's a lot of like back and forth. To me, it's just a very enjoyable. It's like my favorite series right now. It's like a, it's low a, key, it's a big micro brew war right yeah, now yeah. between the two teams. A lot of a lot of medicinal <laughs> marijuana, <laughs> yeah, exactly shops. So. I, you know, I, I've, I've enjoyed acai bowl places showing the games. What's my boy's name? Um, who comes off the bench from Gonzaga? That's the seven footer. Um, Collins. For, Zach, yeah, yeah, Collins. Like this is the really just like just tailor made for for Zach Collins. Yeah. This series, I they they, they slow mode him saying like back the fuck up to to Jokic. Like, yeah. Everyone's got beer muscles in this series. It almost feels like like uh, for a Game of Thrones co- crossover. It almost feels like there should be like a Walton bastard. In this game, like you know, like a like a Bill Snow, like a, a Bill Walton's bastard son should be playing. And you guys, like the, the white white battle that's going on between these big men. This is just for you because I, I, Andy was making fun of people who don't watch the uh, Game of Thrones. I'm not uh, up to date, so you. This is these are references for you guys. Uh, and by not up to date, you you just you don't you're oh, not a viewer. I'm on episode two of the whole series. Of the whole series, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Watch the pilot. Liked it a lot, guys. Not, hey, not, when you're done with that, check out the wire, dude. Yeah, it's pretty good. Not opposed. <laughs> not opposed. Just uh, just just got got sidetracked. Um, when you wrap up Game of Thrones, little show called Cheers. <laughs> you should you should give it a watch. Oh man, it's on Netflix. Grew up on Cheers. <laughs> Love that show. But yeah, the Blazers. The, the I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, it's been a fun series. I I think that I think it, they, I think the Blazers win, and we see Game Seven. Um, and, and, then, and then who do you like in the game seven? Man, in I'm torn because the, the Nuggets, I think, won, had a three-one series win this the lead this year, right in regular season. Man, I mean, I feel like I think the Nuggets would win that game only because, for me, the public perception is that Dame is going to be the big game hunter, get some big buckets, and I always like to play against the public, so I'd probably take the Nuggets in, in seven in that in that game, but. Um, so what do you think of this theory? Because this is and and I've said before and I'll say it again. I love I like both these teams. I like both these cities. I love Jokic. I love I mean if you know anything about Joe Prano and his and what he likes, if you're a pass first guy, you're okay with me. Like yeah. I love I love that this whole thing is being run through like a pass first center. It's like so like I love it. And obviously I love CJ. Uh I love the Blazers. Um, so like this is sort of a win-win series for me, but here's why I'm rooting for Portland. Besides, you know, CJ. Besides CJ, yeah. right? Um, I think that with or without a healthy Kevin Durant, a Warriors team beats this Nuggets team. Whereas with a hobbled or an injured Kevin Durant, I think the Blazers with their guard play give the Warriors more trouble. And I think I don't even like, I can't even begin to conceptualize like a, a potential Western conference, like nuggets rockets matchup. If we were to come to that, like, I don't even know how that plays out. Yeah, I agree. Um, but let's let's in the, in a world where the Warriors advance, they're up three, two, we'll get to that series next. I, I think Portland gives them a better series with or without Kevin Durant. And I actually think that they could legitimately beat the Warriors without Kevin Durant. I don't think that that Nuggets team just matches up. I don't think the matchup with that Warriors team is good for the Nuggets. I agree. 
I agree, and, and, they, and they showed that a couple of times they played the regular season where they're battling for like the the, the one seed, and, and the Warriors absolutely dismantled yeah. the Nuggets. 25-point, 30-point game. I mean, so I, and, we, and we forget how young the Nuggets are. The Nuggets are really young. I mean, I've said it multiple episodes in a row. They're yeah. last year's Atlanta Braves. They're ahead of the That's schedule. Right. They earned the two seed, but I don't, I'm not sure that they're tr- they're talented enough to be the two seed. Great for them that they're racking playoff minutes. They have multiple potential game sevens. Like that's that's great for them. Yeah. And then the key is not having any sort of step backwards from it. I'm not saying you have to be the two seed again. Like I almost feel like they'd be better off being a four seed. Like I think feel like that's where they'd like thrive. Getting the getting the you know the Warriors if they're even a one seed next year without a Kevin Durant potentially leaving, like, like being this year's rocket team, they, they get a shot at the one seed next year in round two. I, I think they're sneaky. Good like that. I love both these teams. I just, I'm looking past the series a little bit and saying like, I like Portland's potential. I think this might be like, you know, this is a tough out for Portland, but if they get past it, I think they have a better shot. Than, than the Nuggets. Did. I watched the Nuggets and I kind of marvel at their 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 ability to to win because I'm not you know they don't have to me like I guess you know is Millsap their number three scoring option or is it Gary Harris Jr. Yeah, like, like Gary Harris but but, 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 but who, then it's like but who but, like, but wait or is he two and like Murray's yeah. three it's like yeah you look it's almost who is the second best player on the Nuggets to me it's it's Murray because yeah, but it's not it's not like a sure like. If you were like, hey, man, I've actually gone deep in the analytics and like Gary Harris Jr. is the better. I'm like, if you say so, I believe you. Yeah, and it's it's such a, you know, Jokic makes the team such an odd construct because so much of it flows through a big man, which you just don't see a lot like you, you know, like you may have seen in, you know, different eras. So you watch like, okay, Jokic. But then he'll be out on the outside. He's on the perimeter doing it. It's like, it's a whole, it's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, maybe it's like playing like you know when you, you when you play against a lefty for the first time, you're just not quite of like it takes a little while for you to catch up to like how their system works. Yeah, and I think that's where they're going to run into problems with the Warriors is because you, you, the Warriors, the Warriors are, don't prepare for you. You prepare for the yeah, Warriors. and the Warriors probably let they'll probably let Jokic get his and to some extent Jamal get his, but it's like who else can help you get buckets to to get you over the top because you know the Warriors are going to score. Yeah, you know how how is everyone else going to contribute? So. I think you're right. The Blazers are probably the team that can give the Warriors the biggest chance, but because um, they can attack Steph the way that 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 seems to be the go-to, yep. You know, offensive strategy is put Steph in pick and rolls, get Steph in foul trouble. Let's move on to Rockets Warriors. This series, it's like it's supposed to be. It, you know, a lot of people. The joke is it's the NBA Finals and. It's the the game last night was fantastic. Great game, but there, but it's also like not fun. Like there's 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 an there's something about this series that's like unlike everybody's unlikable. Chris Paul's playing dirty. Yeah, Draymond's the dirtiest player that's ever set foot on an NBA yeah. court since like you know fucking Bill Ambeer. Yeah, Bill Ambeer and the, and Anthony Mason retire. Yeah. Like you you go, Draymond's dirty. Chris Paul's dirty. Steph's low key dirty. Clay's like hip checking guys on every jump shot. Iguodala is like a, a master of like s- like slapping you around when no one's looking. Right. Um. There's like the ref situation. There's blown calls. Like st- Clay was apparently out of bounds last night. He stepped on the Saw base. That, like, yeah. Um. These games like somehow are nine point games with 
a minute and 10 seconds left, but come down to the final possession every time. And then the final possession is like a broken, like, like it was, a, there was a scrum. That, that, that play ended up was a, so ugly. I have no idea. I mean, so weird. Such a weird ending. To this people game. are all, people hammer hard in all the time about whining. Steph whines on every call on him offensively against him defensively. It's, it's Kevin Durant. I mean, it's where to begin. There's just yeah. so much to talk about in this series. Yeah. The the thing that we I gotta was, start with Kevin Durant is sounds like he's out game six and a potential game seven out of the series. And you you Woj Woj bomb Woj bombed me and said yeah. uh, not an Achilles. Saying my I don't know if they said mild, but they said strained calf. So so potentially could return later in the playoffs. Saying reevaluated next week was the latest I had read from Woj prior to this. Recording so big, big win. Ultimately, long game for Durant. Big, huge win because he's he's avoiding. Yeah, you know, big win for Knicks fans everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the thing I the thing I watched last night when I was watching the game, and, the, and uh, you know, you, you know, people that listen know, know me. I like I love to follow this, the betting lines. The the betting line has been very tight in this game. I don't think, I think the I think the Warriors have covered maybe game two. That was it. So they're one and four right now, and the game tomorrow. The, this is a stat. The Warriors are huge, prohibitive favorites in this series even as of today like a three to one favorite however they're plus seven and a half tomorrow night it's the biggest underdog they've been uh in like the last four years they're basically saying no one's winning a road game that's right so i'm curious to see what that line and it, th- theoretically that means the when you get to seven and a half i think it's a six, similar to football there's a six point line uh point swing for home field advantage i I'm very curious to see what the the Rockets' line is for Game Seven because, in my opinion, watching that game last night, I thought the Warriors were hanging on for dear life. Yeah, I thought the Rockets were the better team. I thought the Warrior. I thought I thought like the 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 Warriors had to kind of play out of their. Steph had to turn it on, and he did play well in the fourth to give them that chance because I thought like, does this go seven without Durant? I think the, no question it goes seven. The one thing that gives me pause is Harden did do a little bit of a disappearing act last night. So I, I wanted to talk about this yeah. because this is something that happens to LeBron James as well, where and it's always this. It's always disappears yeah. too, and uh, the the problem is and whereas I you know he he obviously he wasn't lighting it up down the stretch. But there's this criticism of James Harden being, it's boring, I hate the Rockets, it's so isolation heavy, he doesn't fucking pass, it's just blah, blah, blah. But then down the stretch, he's sort of running a proper offense, bringing the ball up, moving the ball around, and now he gets criticized for disappearing. It is like Is the only answer like he just has to play the perfect blend of getting his own shot and moving the ball around because it seems like either like, it seems like the coin has to be on its side Yeah. because either option heads or tails, he's getting criticized for being too ISO heavy. The, the, the rockets lost cause he just comes down and he hoists it at the end of every game. And then he's disappearing when he's deferring to other guys and he's giving up the ball when they're clearly 
going like, get the ball out of James Harden's hands and he's yeah. getting the ball out of his hands. And now he's getting criticized for passing too much. And I, and I feel like this happens with LeBron James too. It's like he scores 51 in a finals game and they lose like, well, maybe he's just ball hogging stat padding. Yeah. But then he turn then he gives it up at the end of the game and he doesn't have the killer instinct. If Kobe never would have made that pass, Kobe never would have made a pass to a wide open Kyle Corver in the corner three for like the easiest shot in basketball for Kyle Corver. And he's getting criticized. It's like, and I, and I wonder what is it about James Harden? That's like that, that sort of draws this negative attention is you think it's, you know, they're both these guys accused of flopping, but like at this point, I, and I've said it too, I'm going to make a REM cover of everybody hurts. Just called everybody flops where I put all of your favorite players in a music video flopping. Everybody flops. There isn't show me somebody that doesn't flop. Who's not flopping. I have video of Michael Jordan flopping. Kobe Bryant's a world class. Kobe Bryant started to kick your legs out on a on a jump shot. He 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 is the he's the originator of that. That's where that's where we're going. Oh, wild jump shot. What what is it about James Harden that draws this sort of animosity toward his game? I th- I, I think it's just the style of the game. I think it's um, so many free throws. The complaint. It's part and parcel to so many free throws. The the game, the the sort of like this this movie creator where he kind of looks like he's walking the step back three, getting away with that. It's just like a, it's like a, it's like death by a thousand cuts with James Harden. That's my opinion. Um, do I love watching James Harden? Like I, I I'm amazed by how unguardable he is. Uh, and like I said, I would teach my kids to be more like to play more like him because I feel like. And when I say disappears, I think, you know, you're right. Like, you know, he, he did play. Eric Gordon had some big-time shots last night. Yeah. My concern is, my concern I have is a lot with James Harden, did, is he getting tired? Right. Are we getting into that little window where we saw last year where we start to see tanks running on empty a little bit? We're, we're running into back-to-back, I mean, not, day, one day off games now. A little later in the playoff run. That that's what I'm interested to see. Can can we push through that? And can Chris? We're kind of also watching Chris Paul. Not, you know he, his game. He, we we don't want we don't want that we don't want the Rockets. If you're a Rockets fan, you don't want Chris Paul to be putting the team on your back. They're, they're not no, ready Chris for that. Pa- Chris Paul reminds me a lot of the Kyrie, where it's like he dribbles in, it's not there. He keeps dribbling. He uses his body. Yeah. He shields off. He gets like a fall away nine footer over a big man. It goes. I'm like, all that work. Yeah. And Clay just hit a three. You're losing. Yeah. Um, the the world class pettiness between Draymond. This is the one thing that gives me a fear. This is why, like, if I am a betting man, I would probably take the Warriors to win this series. And I did a couple weeks ago. But the one thing that gives me some concern is that Durant is an obvious difference maker and they're not going to have him. And they play. So lackadaisically in the cr- the crunch time, differently than any other team I've ever seen, to the, to the point where like D- Draymond doesn't ob- like. I remember like when we watched or years ago when Steph was doing uh, playing Game Seven against LeBron, and he was losing balls behind the back and trying to pass behind his back and stuff. Yeah, in the you know in crunch time. Yeah, I think that the 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 double edged sword of the the Warriors' greatness is they don't have a point guard. Yeah, and they've never had one. Yeah, in their in the entirety of this run, everybody was like, you know, you see the. I, I remember somebody posting uh, Dame Lillard, best point guard in the 
world, best point guard in the Western Conference, whatever. And then under it, it was, you know, a Steph eating popcorn gif. And I'm like, Steph ain't a point guard. Right. I, I hate to break the news to people out there who's like, oh, he, but he takes the court and somebody's got to be the one and the two and the three. And he's the smallest and he's, he's not bringing the ball up more often than anybody else on the team. He's not running, they're not running the offense through him. And I think that's, like it, it amazes me with all the moves that the Warriors made that they don't have a guy like a true old-fashioned point guard that could play crunch time minutes and just be like, hey, your job is to just bring the ball up. Yeah. And and you know, and then and then you can get it to Steph. Because they'll be playing crunch time minutes and like it's not always the Hamptons five. Like Looney's out there. Played really well last night, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Played really well. I was really happy for him. Showed me a lot of energy because everyone's like, where's Bogut? And like, that's some of the, sometimes they're always trying to pee, like McGee, you know, JaVale was a, that guy. Yeah. So interesting to, to kind of fill out that roster, roster. And you bring up an interesting point about the, the no point guard thing because it does remind me of the Jordan Bulls. Yeah. You know, I wonder how much Steve Kerr was like, they don't, they're not playing the triangle, obviously, right. but I'm like interested to see how we. Well, when you have a certain. Mix of talent, you don't need one. Yeah. Right? And and they're a great example of that. But also, it doesn't hurt to have one in situations where you're like, Draymond can't be the guy crossing half court with the ball yeah. in crunch time and then just fucking wildly throwing or Igadala or... I'm, so if it gets to game seven, I'm really intrigued because like we even saw it last night when 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 the, 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 the petty off between Chris Paul and Draymond where they fall, they fall to the ground... Chris Paul gets an offensive foul, um, and Draymond like hips hip checks him, gets yeah. a technical. Yeah, just gives a point away. Just gives a, f- a point away and doesn't think twice about it. I'm it, like, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, so I'm interested to see you know because the game's all been close. Like it's been a really good series from the sense that we're not seeing that one, you know, the game five blowout that you see in the you know from the Blazers Nuggets series. Like every game has been is the really winner close. of this series the NBA champ. I know you said you you have the you you like the Bucks championship potential. Well, before this all started, I would say I, I like the Warriors, but I think to me Durant really that's a game. It's an obvious game changer, right? Even if they get out of it, because you know this team isn't the team that we saw the past couple of years. I mean, everyone's banged up. Everyone's a little older. They're not quite as deep. They don't have you know a Festus Azili coming off the bench to hit big threes. Who do they go off the bench to right now? They don't trust anybody else besides right. Sean Livingston. Yeah, they don't have a David West coming off the pick and pop. So if you know losing Durant, I'm like, you can't lose anybody else. Yeah. So I'm I'm really I think the Bucks stock is surging. It is surging, and I and I, I still won't count out the Raptors, even though everyone's like, where, where are we going to get more effort out of the the Raptors? Um, you know, besides Kawhi, yeah, Siakam's been good. Siakam's good. I still love Lowry. Mar- played great Mar- last Mar- game, which Gasol. was part of their, which was part of the blowout. And, and you know, if he can do that, that they, that I, if he does that tonight, I don't, you know, I don't think the Sixers go on. I think the Sixers then are on the, hopefully on the Jason Kidd phone line. Something that you guys talk about is like you know people are finding identities in in the, the basketball. It's like we all know like. With the Warriors trying to re, you know, reconfigure their their mindset, like, oh, we all get shots now because Durant's not going to bail us out. Right. How long will that take? Yeah. Do we have a Clay game six? Yeah. Is that going to be? Yeah, exactly. And Clay hasn't been he hasn't been awesome this series. No. 
He was great last yeah. night, but uh, that was the that was the best he's looked. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think what it comes down to again, and this, and I want to transition into the Lakers coaching search from this is I know everybody's been critical. Of, like, uh, again, I'll say it just so, you know, you guys don't have to say, I am the world's biggest Mike D'Antoni slurper, but I Number do one. think that not just this year, but also last year and then re- the regular season, you know, uh, I, they flashed a stat in the game. Like they, the Rockets have beat the Warriors 10 times in the last two seasons. The next most is four by any other team. Um, I th- there is a decided talent gap. As good as James Harden is, and as as good as Chris Paul can play, and you know as good as Gordon can be, the Warriors are still significantly more talented. And I think that where the Warriors do close the gap a little bit, or the Rockets close the gap, is in the coaching. I think Mike D'Antoni is a significantly better coach than Steve Kerr. Um, I, I'm, I'm still not sold on, I think Steve Kerr's like, like you said, you know, what did he take from the bulls? I almost think he's Phil. He's just like an ego manager guy. He has a little bit of X's and O's knowledge enough. And, and he's open about stealing from guys and watching what other people do and sort of being a guy who is a conglomerate of other smart coaches and great. Good for him. Like it works. I'm not saying that like, this is exactly what they need for that team. Um, he's, he's, he sort of like lets all of them do their thing and he'll just like tweet about gun control. And like, you know, like, did you talk to Draymond? He's like, man, kids are getting shot in schools. They're like, that's not an answer. You know, like, he's like, you know, there was another shooting in Colorado. No one's talking about it. We're like, we're, we're, we're trying to talk about why D- Draymond hit Chris Paul with a chair. He's like, guys, we're going to arm teachers. This is the answer. They're like, <laughs> Steve, can you give us an, can you, can you answer our questions? Um, but I think that's where, you know, why I want to transition to the Lakers thing is because the Ty Lue uh, negotiations fell apart and the, the, the details of it are so wild that the Rambus, the, 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 both Rambus members of the couple are involved in this thing. Jason Kidd is supposed to be coming in as an assistant. They offer him less money, less years. That Magic Johnson still being talked to? Jeannie Buss is still really uh, apparently asking Magic Johnson what he thinks about this. It's like, what the? F- How much does Magic Johnson got to say? I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm leaving before you stop calling the dude. But the reason I bring it up is because I actually think that Lakers dodged a bullet in the Ty Lue thing. Because yes, he has a relationship with LeBron, and yes, they won a championship, and yes, he took him to the finals. And I don't know what it is about the. Nick Wrights and the Chris Carters and the Shannon Sharps and the, like the some of my fellow LeBron lovers also seem to love Tyron Lue, which I don't get. But the reason I bring up the the coaching battle of Dan Tony and Steve Kerr is I don't think the Lakers go into next year, even if they revamp their roster, even if they land one of the big free agents, unless they land Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard. Um, I don't think they go in as having the best roster in a second round or Western conference final series against a rockets, against a warriors, against a Clippers. If they add a free agent against a nuggets against the blazers. So now you have to make up that difference. Yeah. It's easy to make up that difference with LeBron James being the best player in the world. If he's healthy, if he gets back to being that, but you're not making it up in the coaching ranks if you're going into a series and you're like, 
It's Steve Kerr versus Ty Lue. It's Mike D'Antoni versus Ty Lue. Like, I don't think he's, I don't think he's closing the gap. I don't think he's a good coach. I think he's proven that in getting out coached by Steve Kerr in multiple finals. And I'm not sure Steve Kerr is a fantastic coach. I do, do I think Jason Kidd's out coaching, you know, uh, Steve Kerr in a Western Conference finals? Probably not. But I just don't think Ty Lue was the answer. Yeah, I agree. Before we go any further, uh, if, if it gets to game seven, yeah, should we go up? Ooh, to the Bay? Should we think about tickets? That would be when would that be? That would be because the game it would be Sunday su- night. Su- Sunday nights. I mean, I I think you and I should maybe consider yeah, going yeah. up there. I don't even have a house to take a second mortgage out on for whatever those tickets are. Well, but we have some silicon. Well, there's yeah. probably, probably a way to do that. It's probably probably we need to hit up uh, hit up some folks up there. <laughs> and uh, if we don't hit up our Silicon Valley folks, yeah, you know, you know what? A lot of the people in Silicon Valley. Uh, are invested in, they're invested in apps. Oh, Doug Coker. So if we don't find a friend who can, you know, help us get in, we could always use the greatest ticket app in sports and concerts and music and uh, all kinds of performing arts. And that is, of course, SeatGeek. SeatGeek, the number one ticket app. Bottom line, I'm, I'm calling it the number one ticket app. There's not a doubt. I went down to San Diego yesterday, Mets Padres. I got great tickets on SeatGeek. I sat front row down the, down the left field line. I looked on SeatGeek. Here's, here's why I love SeatGeek, Doug. I looked on SeatGeek at a view from my seats and got confirmation that it was literally the first seat down the left field line after the net went down. That's what I love about SeatGeek. You can go on SeatGeek. You can look at a view from your seats. And and I got great tickets yesterday. And I got $10 off using promo code DIRTY. So go on SeatGeek. It's the single best ticketing app. And a quick look in the App Store shows that over 50,000 people have given it a five-star review. How's that for customer satisfaction? It's a better process. SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all around the all around the web and then rates each on a scale of 1 to 10. Then SeatGeek, as I said, displays them all on an interactive seat map. They break down details. Green dots mean good deals. Red dots mean overpriced. Yellow, of course, means pocket. Somewhere in between. So do what I did. Get your tickets on SeatGeek. Use promo code DIRTY for $10 off. And get yourself some Warriors Rockets tickets. Instead of paying $15,000, pay $14,990. Use promo code DIRTY. Actually, we don't even need that. Guys, I'm looking on SeatGeek right now for Sunday TBD game, May 12th. I'll be time to buy it. There's some pretty good prices for us. Yeah? Yeah. Some under $400. Like, for, for court, like, right, like, like lower tier. Really? Yeah. $390. Promo code DIRTY. I'm excited. So anyway, let's think about that little drive. We'll probably find a comedy show for you uh, up there when we the punchline in San Francisco before they close their doors. I'm not sure that was big comedy news. The no punch, way. The, the punchline will not. Re- the, I guess the building owner not renewing their lease. The punchline of a uh, popular and successful comedy club. I'm sure we'll find a new home. But much like the Warriors will no longer be playing in Oracle. That's right. 
Pun Fine will also have to find a new synth. That actually could be a reason to go as well, because it could be the last game at Oracle. The last game Oracle could be the last, yeah. Pony up and, you know, show their true colors, but uh, let's get to this Laker situation, because I I agree with you about the dodging of the bullet of Ty Lue. The interesting thing I'll say is, like, you know, who's the best coach other than Eric Spolster that LeBron has ever played? He's the X's and O's guy. Just a good coach. Not, not result-oriented. I mean, is it David Blatt? It might be. I think it is. Yeah. Um, good record. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he must he must have been so singed by the experience. Like, I'm not coming back to NBA ever again. Yeah, I'm done. I mean, I think I think you know the roster that they put together there. It's like it's a lot of guys who aren't listening to David Black. You know, right. like the the J.R. Smith. And I, I mean, obviously the J.R. Smiths aren't listening to Ty Lue either. But I just think Ty Lue. It, it, it it's all about his relationship with LeBron, and it's all about like, oh, he's not. You know, they have a good relationship, so it's not going to be this. Throwing him under the bus and whatever. Like, Ty Lue's just sort of there to be. And everybody says Ty Lue is a good ex and And that may, honestly, that may be true. But what I didn't like about Ty Lue, and I know he was hampered by the roster he had, but the Lakers roster isn't a whole lot better. He had no clue what he was doing rotation-wise. He had no clue what he was doing in terms of matchups. Yeah, like he would just put. You, you would always be watching. And you'd be like, "What the fuck is this guy doing out on the floor right now? How is this happening?" Like, hi, Lou. Like, fix your life. We're in such a meme age. Do you remember when uh, was it a monster when he threw the towel? There's like yeah. a meme of him throwing the towel and it hits Ty Lue on the shoulder. It's like just that alone can change your whole narrative. It's just really really humiliating but if you're if you're not a Lakers fan living in LA like this moment is so much fun because I was listening to Petros or the local radio show here in LA called Petros and Money Bill Plasky and LA Times uh, you know journalist um, I did the Air Force yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but ba- basically came on here and was talking about what an absolute debacle it is there's right now. There's going to be apparently 60 to 80 Lakers fans protesting. Uh, there's a protest the happening. But what are they Staples? protesting? I have no idea. Just Because they, they, I think they're just all fed up with Genie. And, you if, know. If you're in charge of the Lakers, right, what is the answer? What do you even do? I think you got to fire Rob Palinka. That's my opinion. And I say that, sadly, as a, as a former uh, national champ runner-up with Michigan Wolverines during the Fab Five era. Rob Plinko was on that team. He was. He was on the bench. Um, played a little bit, but I'm just curious because there's there's so there's, I feel like there's just too many voices right now. Yeah. No one can confirm whether or not Kobe is filtering in advice to Rob Palinka. Apparently, Genie Bus is still talking to Magic. LeBron obviously has his you know his team who has their thoughts and opinions on stuff. No one is in charge at the moment. So I feel like. And, and Rob Polinka, they let go of Magic. They let Rob, Rob Polinka run stuff. Monty Williams, whether or not he was the final choice, the, 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 the words I heard today were Rob Polinka thought the best choice for the Lakers was to not make a decision, was let the, the decision fall into their lap. So they weren't going to choose between Monty Williams and Ty Lue. They were going to let one of those guys go somewhere else, and they would take the other. So Monty How was that? In the, 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 that's the worst decision I've ever heard. I, I agree, but that's what Bill Orham of The Athletic wrote, wrote about today. 
And um, so Monty goes, this is how bad, this is how dysfunctional, this is about optics, right? The, the, the Kings, the, the, the Cavs, and the Suns are probably seen as like the three of them, if not the three, and the Knicks. The four most dysfunctional teams. In so the I mean, it's it's wild to say. But I'm I just like couldn't be happier that we just like have Fizdale. <laughs> like yeah, it's like great. We have David Fizdale. Yeah, yeah. And Monty Williams says, "I'll take the dysfunction." Probably the number one most. No, no offense to the Knicks fans, but the Suns are probably <laughs> the no, number one most dysfunctional team in the league. They can't they can't let a, a coach do their thing. They fire a coach after one year, multiple years in a row. And Monty Williams says, "I still want to go to that team." Yeah. Rather than fight for this Lakers. Luke Walton says, I'm so happy. I'm, I'm out of, I'm going to go to Sacramento where they also fire people on the regular. And then the, Rob Palenka says, we want to link up Ty Lue's contract. We see you as not a coach, really, as, as a, a LeBron Wrangler. Yeah. So when your LeBron's deal ends in three years. And not even a LeBron Wrangler as much as somebody that you're basically just somebody everybody knows LeBron likes. Yes. So therefore, the headlines won't be like trouble in paradise. Right. LeBron hates his coach. Right. That's it. There's like the entirety. The next Lakers coach was potentially just going to be somebody who would simply cause less headlines about LeBron not liking the coach. When, by the way, LeBron has never gone on the record and dissed any coach he's ever had. Right. Including Mike fucking Brown. That's right. And so they wanted to do Ty Lue wanted to do they wanted him to do a three year deal to match LeBron's deal, and Monty Williams, who was also in contention for this job, just left and got a five year deal, which apparently is like the you're, when it's, you, it's you, standard, you, you right? Become a new coach, uh, and where did this happen? Yeah, just everybody gets a five year deal now. Yeah, so Ty Lue ends up walking away from this deal, and everyone is just this is blood in the water right now for 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 for, for Lakers. Uh, genie bus, just everyone's just begging for something to go right, and no one really knows what to do. Like, All right, no. so genie bus calls you, yeah, Doug Coker. Yeah, get, get she your, should, she should, get, by the gets way, gets your phone number through it's very easy. LeBron and you know, all and the, all the Carter. Uh, yeah, yeah, and Mav Carter, all the yeah. folks. Yep, and uh, she, she wants to give you a Jessica Mendoza deal. She's like, Tug, uh, I've got a hundred and fifty thousand dollar a year contract sitting here, it's waiting to be signed by you. You are. Where I'm going to hire you to be a consultant for the LA Lakers. You literally have to do nothing. You can continue to run your wine bar and be an actor and raise your children. Every once in a while, I'm just going to call you for advice. Just consult. Just to consult. Yeah. I'll take up less than an hour of your time a week, and you'll get 150 grand at the end of the year in a, in a suitcase. Um, but it all is based on one thing. You need to give me one fucking name right now. Who, like, who should I be calling? About my head coaching position. Rick Patino. Wow. <laughs> we're gonna Incredible. we're gonna we're gonna pass on this. Do I get to keep my 150k? <laughs> <laughs> would that be your Rick Patino? It would not be. Yeah. I, I'm not a Rick Patino slurper in the basketball sense either. I just thought it was a, a great name to yeah. pass around. He's been working in the pro ranks over in Greece. I'm sure he's ready. You know, I just want to say quickly, another background story is, and I'm sure you heard this, but big, apparently a big behind-the-scenes players in this are Kurt Rambis right. and Kurt Rambis' wife. Yeah. Kurt Rambis' wife has been friends with Jeannie Buss for 40 years, by all accounts. 
Uh, she started working as a low-level person when they were running either the Lakers or when Jeannie was running like the rollerblades uh, league that she tried to run in the 90s and even like some sort of non-tennis tour, uh, secondary tennis tour. So they go way back, and apparently they're weighing in. I think they, I think they flew to New York together, the group, to interview some of the coaches. Yeah. Kurt Rambis and his wife. So total chaos here. If I'm getting my 150K to sort of consult, there's, let's get all the facts out there. The three new names that are in the mix are Lionel Hollins. Right. Frank Vogel. Right. Vogel appeared on the radar. Yeah. And then one other one. Whose name? Jason Kidd? No, Jason Kidd is not on there. And as, and, and as you'll say, like we talked about earlier, part of the, the deal, and I heard Tyler was okay with this, about J, uh, Jason Kidd becoming a part of that assistant coaching staff. Right. And that wasn't the deal breaker for Ty Lue. Um, Oh, Mike Woodson. Mike Woodson is the third name that's been bandied about. Okay. Now, full disclosure, when I did a Broadway play years ago playing Larry Bird, Frank Vogel bought, brought almost the entire Indiana Pacers team to the show. So if Frank Vogel goes to coach somewhere, I'm obligated to root for them. Okay. So I will become a Lakers fan. Do you Frank. like that move for them? Is that a... I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm actually intrigued by Frank. I thought Frank Vogel got a bad rap with the Orlando sure. thing down below, down when he was like there for two years, got canned. But like people forget, like they took the Pacers team to a game seven conference, conference finals game against the, uh, the Heat yep. with Roy Hibbert. You know, it wasn't like that team was loaded. They played game seven? Yeah. Wow. So, do I think it's the best play? No, but I mean, I don't really know where, where, where they're going to go. I, to think, I think you probably go off the, to me, you go off the grid and you think of like, maybe go to the, the pop tree. Right. Everybody goes to the pop tree though and it hasn't really worked out for that many people. Button holes working you go, out. You go with the girl? Yeah. You go, you go with the woman? In go the, with the woman. What's her name? I forget that, her. Becky. Um, Becky Hammond? Hammond, yeah. That's a great call. I mean, you got it. That's you, a great call. I think we're on to something here. Becky Hammond is Becky the Hammond next coach, coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. That's, that's our that's, that's our, our title. That's our title right there, Andy. I was going to say, there's just no way that uh, the Lakers can't outbid Marshall for Dan D'Antoni's services. But that's just, you know, I'm a little biased. Yeah. <laughs> what do you see? What, what do you... What? Well, yeah, that's the thing. I don't really... I mean, the only... Like, is like, be the Lakers and, you know... Pay for and, the best coach? Yeah. Just just do like call the colleges all the time. It's like, well, listen, you had a great year. We're gonna take you now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, uh I mean I don't know. Like, do you I mean er, there there's guys that are sort of like like the Alvin Gentry's like if you if you look up Alvin Gentry, like Pelicans are like, get the fuck out of here, Alvin Gentry. It's like, hey man, they don't they don't seem to want you and you're you know, AD is going to be a free agent next summer. But then, like, does AD even like Alvin Gentry? It's like uh, there's like so many fucking things in the mix here. Um, obviously, they were talking to Doc Rivers. I think they dodged a bullet on the Doc Rivers deal too. Um, do you? I mean, can Don Nelson be Lord back? In oh my God. <laughs> No, he's too busy smoking weed. Like, have you seen his? Yeah. Have you seen his look recently? Is yeah, long yeah, hair? yeah. I mean, I kind of love it. It's, for, it's, it's I kind of love it. It's, for, very, it's like, very Showtime. But Don Nelson coaching in flip flops. Two point Showtime. He's like, oh, you guys finally decided shooting the threes was good. Thanks, <laughs> I'm back. Um, I mean, do you like? Do you just like out Cuban Cuban, and you're just like 
you know, send a fucking, you know, you send a messenger crow to Rick Carlisle. You know, like, I'm just thinking from a Lakers standpoint, is like, is there a way to steal somebody's coach? I feel like that's got to be. The problem is it has to be probably 2x money money you're asking for because of the optics of the situation right now. Right. I mean, it, like, obviously you want to coach LeBron. He's still probably the, the you know preeminent player of his generation currently. Maybe Kevin Durant's kind of come, maybe the 1B right now with, you know, LeBron on the second half of his career. But you still have the opportunity to coach the best player of his of his generation, if not all time. But there are the optics of that he's like there's a lot of stuff and then a lot of, course, of baggage. And then of course the Zed Master is just out in South Dakota or whatever somewhere. But don't in Montana G- G- on the plane. him don't all the more reason. Oh my god. There's just so much drama. Yeah. There's so much drama around the Lakers right now. I I mean they'll they'll figure out a, a way to to untangle it, but it's I, I'm just like reading like I'm just devouring. You know, you saw the one thing about Magic like being CC'd on some emails. Like it's just yeah. it's just so good. Yeah, like how's Magic still fucking involved? <laughs> like if they hire Magic Johnson to be the coach of this Lakers team, they deserve everything they get. What if they go full circle and they decide to bring Magic back on? Like they they basically they just, just as the they, coach. they men in black. No, they just men in black Magic. And he like comes back in. He's like, I guys, I'm the closer. Yeah. <laughs> for the coachings, for the coach. I'm gonna go out and find a coach. That would be unbelievable. Like they, they, they're like they men in black him, and they're like, "You've forgotten everything you know about basketball." He's like, "Don't worry, that happened a long time ago." Like, <laughs> fun fact: I never knew anything yeah, about yeah. basketball. I'm just really good at finding open guys. That's, That's what I know. Um, it's not Isaiah Thomas, right? You don't call Isaiah Thomas. I don't. Oh my god, I, I'm really intrigued to see who it could be. I have no idea. I'm trying to think of the last great group of coaches that came out, and Brad Stevens came from Butler. I just don't see them dipping into co- – but, you know, people forget that Pat Shaka Riley – smart. Oh, my God. He has not worked out at Texas. He's not worked out. No. So, you guys let us know. Let us know what you guys think. I think it's Becky Hammond. That would be an unbelievable I think it's call. Becky Hammond or Dan D'Antoni. I think. To me, that's a great call. Becky Hammond – it's now is the time for Becky Hammond. It's, it's just the – it's just the – with the with the the times up movement out here, plus they can give her that three year deal that they offered Ty Lue because that's like how I don't know the wage gap. They don't, they don't, <laughs> that's have, true. They don't have to give her the five years. That's They're true. Like, this is a five year deal for a woman. It's a three year deal. Yep. This is how it works. If you want Mark Wahlberg to fucking give you some of his salary or whatever, yeah, exactly right about it. But hey, don't follow Mark Stein or Woj. We gave you the scoop right here first. Yeah. Becky Hammond is the next coach of the L.A. Lakers. Doug, I feel like that's our show. Hour thirty three minutes. You have anything else that you wanted to you wanted no, to cover? No, just to, just to say, like I know you're I know you're getting to tennis. I'm really excited for the French Open. We'll see. When the, does that start? It's a couple weeks. Okay, there's a few short weeks. We'll see if Nadal can go for. A have you been? Have you been to the French Open? No, it's on the list. I went to like I told you Wimbledon last year. I love to go to Roland Garros. You know, new, you know, you know. This is my two minutes to talk about tennis and golf. We got Tiger coming back next week for Beth Page and his quest to win the Grand Slam in a calendar year. It's uh, Beth Page is the U.S. No, it's the PGA. They moved okay. the PGA from August to May to avoid football because okay. everyone's trying to avoid football. Even though football is, it comes in September, it's, I guess training camp and right. preseason games still matter that much to America. So they're going in May. Your neck of the woods. 
Beth Page Black in New York, Long Island. So we'll see if he can get it done. Uh, you know, uh, very intrigued. So, uh, yeah, you guys hit me up. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. Hit me up on Twitter. Twitter. Or Instagram. At Tug Coker. At Tug Coker. You're at Tug Coker on everything. I am. I, I didn't do what you did, which is split them up. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't plan- <laughs> planned. <laughs> do you ever try to buy the... Uh, is, there, is there a Joe Prano on Twitter? Yeah. It's my co- It's like my second cousin. And he says, no, I'm not giving it up. I didn't ask like when he... It, it was like 2009. And I was like, all right, beat me to it. And... Uh, and then Fix Your Life has just become a thing. It really you know has become a thing. I'm trying to get, uh, a couple of times, uh, a friend of mine years ago bought the Tug Coker domain. TugCoker.com? That's correct. And he's not giving it to me. <laughs> he's a cyber squatting? <laughs> yeah, he's a cyber squatting on, on my name. He's like, we should talk about this sometime. I'm like, now I'm just never going to, I can't ever do it. <laughs> like, uh, just go out with him and slide $10 across <laughs> exactly it. Exactly right. You're like, this is my offer. He pays 15 a year, so <laughs> suck on that. But, uh, Follow me at Tug Coker on Twitter and Instagram. And I just want to quickly say, Joe, uh, big thank you to Andy Ruther for letting me fill in. I, I said, hey, listen, take, take some time off. You do this show so religiously for the, the dirt balls that uh, you know, hopefully this little little respite helps them out, has, has them coming back stronger. Before you go, though, we got, I got to get you to weigh in on this now that you brought up Andy again, at Andy was mentioned. Um, the marathon. He he followed your boy's advice. Yep. He, he or at least his training advice. Yep. Uh, well, did, you listen to last episode. I listened to it. There's a lot of, uh, you know, the the accusations in the dirt ball in 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 dirt ball land is uh, a lot of r- repeating the phrase. I don't want to make excuses. Followed by excuse an excuse. <laughs> um. He basically and and look, we have so much like. I'm at a point in my life now where, like, I just don't. I have, I have like Kyrie defenders. I have like Kyrie flat earthers to deal with. I still have people that are claiming like Philip Rivers having more turnovers than touchdowns in playoff games is like a great performance by him. I've got my own problems. So, like, I don't, I, I, like, it wasn't a bet, you know, the braces thing. He's, he's fulfilling an insane clown posse bet while he's there. A lot of, Talk of the, the braces should go on, the braces shouldn't go on. Just uh, weigh in on the Andy Ruther Marathon. Uh, I don't want to say failure. He completed it. So success, the successful f- completion of the marathon in, uh, in his time and his braces situation. I think he should definitely get the braces. Okay. As soon as I heard that. <laughs> That's that from he, Tug Coker. As soon, as soon as I heard that he was thinking about like asking you for your blessing to be let off the hook. like Yeah, I was like, this is not my hook to let yeah, you off. Yeah. I didn't I didn't make, this is your, no. this was his claim. Th- that's my issue, is that his mouth got, you know, got him in trouble. And his mouth wrote checks that his mouth can't cash. I was trying to say that, and I knew <laughs> I, knew I wasn't going to say that right. I was going to do a Rutherism in honor his, of Andy Ruther. That his own mouth yeah. now won't cash. Yeah. So you know, I think you said this joke, or I, I'm piggybacking on it now. But like, it's, it reminds me of a Simpsons episode where the Andy Ruther character finishes the marathon and immediately walks into a dentist chair and starts getting the braces off, like five feet from the finish line. That's what I would have liked to have seen. Like, yeah, like have, have his brother just waiting for him to put the braces on. And let me say this: my dad is a retired orthodontist. Wow, I had braces four times. Separate times. For, for separate times, just as like a model to walk around the malls with and be like, hey, guys, you, you two can be like me. Go to my father and have like the pink and yellow, you know. Th- that was a cool thing back when I was growing up. Can we up get kids. a celebrity? The, the bands. Right. The colored bands. Can were we cool. get a celebrity uh, 
like for like would your dad come out of retirement for one that's what i think we should do we should have my dad come out of retirement we should like get a chair on ebay go to the beach videotape this and have andy put braces on will will, will your dad uh be available to come and do this in Amarillo, Texas, in the parking <laughs> the parking lot of a Sod Boodles game. I think my dad will travel. Yeah, my dad will definitely travel for that. He needs to look- have dentist chair. Will travel <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, look, he he's good enough to fulfill the inc- insane clown posse. So it doesn't have to be now, but I think in the next. I believe he said. I think he said he would wear braces for a year. I think that was his original claim that he would that he wore braces for a year if he didn't do it. I'm like, why are you? No, saying? That's right. It was definitely a year. He yeah. definitely said a year. So he said it. <laughs> what are you talking about? Or he has to. Or he should try. He should have to run two more marathons this summer. Like we should. Just, and, we, we, and he should have braces from. He should have braces for both of those marathons. That's exactly right. Yeah. We we we, we set him up with two more marathons. I think you should. I think you should put braces on, and instead of a year, he should keep them until he runs under that time. Or we do a play on the word braces, and we have him run in the Forrest Gump a marathon in the Forrest Gump braces. One full marathon in the Forrest Gump. In the Forrest Gump leg braces. Yeah, yeah the leg braces. He has to run in the Forrest Gump leg braces, and then that would be an easy haircut for Trippy. It's <laughs> Trippy, Sam. The flat top. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Trippy. Yeah, Trippy. Well, Tug, thanks for being here. Follow Tug on all social media. Tug, do you have uh, when can we see stuff coming out? Oh or, my God, or, guys. Or is everything still in? Um, in I'm in Lawyer Land. I, you're in limbo. Listen, I, I, I hope you I, are. You are. Your show is the Lakers head coaching position. Let me just say that I, I, I thought I coined a phrase where I'm, I, I use the term creatively constipated because I have a couple ideas out there floating and I just can't get one to move. So when we. Uh, when we get one to move, I'll be very excited. I'll be the first to let you know. So, In the meantime, come to Los Angeles and visit the award-winning Esther's Wine Bar. That's right, guys. Come come have a beer. You come to, Isn't Maniacal Mitch coming to L.A. soon? I believe he is. Anybody else coming to L.A., hit me up. Let's, let's grab a beer uh, at Tug Coker on Twitter and on Instagram. Follow me, guys, on Instagram at Joe Prano, uh, on Twitter at Fix Your Life, uh, where I will be unearthing tweets uh, about your, your, your love of Kyrie and how much of a fucking bonehead you are. I'll also be battling people who still argue that Philip Rivers has ever had a good playoff game. And uh, go to my website, JoePrano.com. Got shows coming up. I will be around Los Angeles for the next couple weeks. Then uh, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, uh Tahoe, San Francisco, all the usual spots. So go to JoePrano.com. Uh, follow Andy Ruther on all Andy Ruther things. Follow at The Dirty Sports. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes. The review still helps. So if you haven't done it at this point, honestly, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with you. Please review it. And don't forget, everybody, stay dirty. <laughs>